Ready. From the logo, he launches. Aim. Good if it goes. Good! Bullseye. She'll take it and she'll make it. This is Bullseye. Wants to drive in. That's a big shot foul and one! On today's show, you'll hear from men's basketball head coach Amir Abdul-Rahim. All right, listen to me now. One of the Bulls players. And we'll check in with a member of one of the other sports teams at South Florida. Now, your Bullseye hosts, Derek Sharp, Kaylee Cottrell, and Joey Johnston. Welcome on into Bullseye. Boy, do we have a special show for you. Derek Sharp with Kaylee Gattrell. Joey Johnston will join us for the next program. And on this one, we've got a few items to get to men's basketball coach <laughs> Amir Abdurahim on. We'll also be joined by Selton Miguel. Timing's pretty good yeah, as we are taping this actually on a Monday. Something happened the day before at the Yingling Center. Just a little something. Just a little something that had a little bit of <laughs> reaction and buzz going on and there might have been a few events during the game that were slightly dramatic and that kind of thing and you were there <laughs> Kaylee Cottrell for the victory by men's basketball. They're yeah. 11th in a row beating Florida Atlantic 90 to 86 jumping ahead by 25 points with an incredible first half mm. we'll get into more of the details in a second of the actual game and oh by the way yeah. since we last left from bullseye there was a 17 point comeback against charlotte i don't remember how much <laughs> they were down they they came back this time they decided to have fun and get way ahead yeah. and then see what it was like when the other team came back yeah. it was a little stressful but little let's start with the beginning and being there and what Man. the atmosphere was like I'm glad I have a voice today because <laughs> it was already so loud in there. Um, but man, I was yelling and, and I jumped in with the SoFlo rodeo for a bit and felt good to Ooh. act like a student again and had some fun with them. And um, man, that was that was probably like one of the top experiences I think I've ever had here. Um, absolutely crazy like by halftime looking at the score and then looking at the environment you know seeing the performance our guys did in the first half in front of that crowd I was getting a little bit emotional and then sure. at the end of the game last two minutes it was like heart attack city for me <laughs> and then we we won and I was like okay emotional again but man it was what a day oh um, I had all sorts of emotions I think we all experienced them throughout uh, you did mention hanging out with the SoFlo Rodeo yeah. which... so dang cool so they they provide the juice they they bring the energy and they're, they're fun as far as as far as the game itself, um, you have these crescendos throughout the course of a game. It's almost like you can pick one or two moments. It seemed like on Sunday there were a dozen or, or two or three dozen of them. Uh, the performance of the team, I was so uh, just from being in on the inside, wanting for everybody to see how good this team is. And man. Did everybody get to see it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and to see, I talked to Selton after the game too, and uh, you know, he was talking about how Coach Amir wrote us on on the board before the game. He's like us against everybody, and to see him step up the the way he did and have the performance that he did. Selton on the logo crosses over on Martin. He's gonna step back, launch another three from straight. I got another three. Oh my God, this team is red hot. Outlet to Selton Miguel, left wing. He's gonna load up another three. He got another three. Department, Selton Miguel's on fire. The Yingling Center has come unhinged. Very, very cool to see. You're going to get to talk to Selton Miguel here on yeah, this part of the show as well. He was phenomenal coming in off the bench, firing away. Yeah. Uh, 16 points in the first half, four of four on threes. Chris Youngblood. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know that we've spent a lot of time talking to and about him, but he just continues to give us reasons to marvel. He elevates, fires a long three, got another three! Chris Youngblood is three for three. Bulls lead it 16 to nine. 
And he's such a good leader too, like yeah. Mar Marvel on the court and off as well. Like the, the leadership that he has, the maturity that he brings to the team is really cool to see. Met his dad after the game yeah. uh, yesterday and, and what a great family he has too. Super cool to see that support system. Did Mr. Youngblood, uh, you know, let it down a little bit or was he trying to be as cool as Chris is on the court? He is so cool. Like he's... They have such the same sort of vibe going on. It's, it's, it was so cool to see he had his, his Chris Youngblood shirt on, yeah. you know, repping him uh, loud and proud, so it was, it was cute. Youngblood uh, hitting the free throws that finally put it away after Florida Atlantic, which the Bulls had by mm -hmm. 25 points with eight minutes to go. Cut it to one, but CY is the guy that made the two free throws. <laughs> 113th college game. Let's fly with the first one. Got it. Chris Youngblood, just ice water running through his veins. Look at him, he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's sweating. No problem. And then the Bulls get the well-deserved victory there. 11th in a row, 12-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference, 19-5 and five overall. That is tied for third best winning streak in the country behind some, I think they won the national championship team last year <laughs> called UConn and St. Mary's. Now, again, just if we had only the game against FAU to speak about, it would be enough for a full hour, but mm. you rewind back to when we last left off, the comeback against Charlotte, oh my gosh. game that started at nine o'clock, this men's basketball team just continues to put out memories. Yeah, 100%. And the next day, we had a women's game, and I, my voice, again, I had to stop, like, I by half time. So I'm like, I have to sideline our women's game. Like, I gotta, I gotta reel it back in a little bit. But that was one of the craziest experiences. Stroud, hesitation move. He's at the elbow. He's gonna drive all the way to the basket. Ball fake. Off the window, and he got fouled. Oh, my goodness. What a remarkable turn of events. Listen to this crowd, Joey. This place is going certifiably bonkers. And I don't blame him. The Bulls have rallied from a 17-point deficit. I, I didn't think that could be topped and then this, this FAU game, but man. Well, that winning at Charlotte put the Bulls in first place and they had to beat FAU to stay there. And then yeah. this coming up Sunday, they play SMU, which is right on their heels as well. But right now the Bulls are in control mm -hmm. of the AAC. And you mentioned the, the women's game. We'll talk about them at the end of the show. They are right in the middle of the pack, but still I think have good feelings about them going into mm -hmm. the postseason. And we are starting to get to that point. Five games left in the men's season. Official attendance was, I think, 10,659. I mean, it felt Wild. it, I'm sure. Wild. I mean, that sellout, I think, since 2001, man, when they said they were opening the 300s, I was like, okay, okay. And then I really took it all in, and I'm like, what What a day, what a moment, what a game for our players to experience that and for, for this staff and this team to have that together so special and no one was gone it seemed like at the end of the game right well unless they were wearing red I mean you right. were, you stuck right. around I'm sure a lot oh, of people yeah. did oh yeah oh the excitement at the end and our guys you know went into the into the SoFlo rodeo and vibed with them and coach Amir went up and vibed with them I love that he does that uh, super special well it was like the only thing going on because originally baseball and softball were supposed to be playing it was pouring all weekend long but that made even more of the tension, not that it wasn't already on the guys, mm -hmm. even more special. So good to see them pull out the victory like they did. We'll talk to Amir Abdul-Rahim about it. Kaylee will speak with mm -hmm. Selton Miguel. I will speak with baseball head coach Billy Mull, whose team was supposed to play three games over the weekend, uh, but ended up just getting one in because of the weather. But uh, a big schedule for those guys, and we'll speak to the manager of the team. Well, a guy that was trying to keep it calm and I think does a pretty good job of doing that, Amir Abdul-Rahim, mm -hmm. joins us next on Bullseye. Jaden Reed gets the rebound. He's got Pryor ahead of him. He catches, and there's a two-handed dunk. Oh, they're going to blow the lid off this place. Timeout FAU. I mean, it has gone nuclear in here.
So with Amir Abdurrahim and Coach, last time we were here, you were telling people to come out to the Charlotte game and you'll keep receipts. We'll get to your Starbucks receipts in just a little bit. But do you need a whole new part of your office just for receipts for all the people that showed up at the Yingling Center Definitely. for that incredible Definitely. game? It was a, I'm, I'm so thankful and grateful for everybody who came out. You know, a little bit of an early start, you know, but it was a Sunday. It was a great atmosphere. And the energy and enthusiasm in the building uh, really fueled our team as FAU made that, that hellacious comeback. <laughs> it really fueled our team to stay focused and stay going. Well, um, before we get into the crowd, uh, most people, and I'm guessing you, have some sort of game day, if not complete routine down to the second. Uh, you're, you're focused on the game. But yep. here it is two hours before the game. And what inspired you to go outside in the rain? Because that was a cool scene. Well, knowing that it was, it was going to be sold out and the student section was going to be full, as I walked in and it was raining, right, I'm thinking, I know those students are trying to get in here early to make sure they get a seat, you know, a good seat. I just asked Lee Butler, I said, Lee, have the students started lining up yet? And he's like, yeah, man, they've been out there since like 8.50. Wow. I said, hey, man, let's go out there. Let's go out there. I didn't, I didn't even say anything about the cameras. I didn't know. I just wanted to go out there and thank them. But Lee, being the great administrator he is, um, gets the cameras out there. And it was just <laughs> awesome to see that line. From, from the door at Gate D almost over to, to like in between Champs and the rec center. It was incredible. That's a long walk. You got your steps in, and I'm yeah. sure uh, you, again, have to focus on the game. So when we get to the game itself, when the YC is like it was, do you at least allow yourself a couple seconds to look up and just soak it all in just for a second? I, I know you got to focus on the game, but uh, you had to notice how incredible it well, was. Well, I'm so I'm so locked in as the game is about to start that it's hard to like take it in. Then, but like, I want to say it was about 7:22 or so left on the on the clock, and we were we were still up pretty big. And I just happened to look down at the student section, and I was like, <laughs> dang, that's elite. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> I enjoyed it for about a second and a half. Oh, man. It was, yeah. There was so much to enjoy. We're actually going to put a little bookmark in it and get back to the game because last yeah. time we did talk, it was ahead of the Charlotte game. Yes. And I don't know if that crowd is like it is on Sunday. Maybe not a sale. It's going to be a good crowd if what happened against Charlotte didn't happen. Down 17 in that game. Yeah. I was there. This felt different. This felt like, all right, maybe the 49ers are too much. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've asked you this question a couple of times. I know Jim Lighthall on the radio yeah. side has. But what allowed that comeback to take place? To be honest with you, Charlotte's and they're, they're a really good team. But we weren't in character, hmm. you know, to start that game. And, and it was really the Charlotte game that prepared us for the FAU game. Interesting. Because whenever you play, you know, it was our first time not playing in front of a big crowd at home, but a crowd that big at home and on national TV, the Charlotte game, I think it was 9 p.m. on ESPN2 or something like that. And what normally happens is, man, you get in those games and the, the energy's crazy, the enthusiasm crazy, and you can get caught up in it a little bit as a player and you can try to do a little bit too much. And so I thought what helped us um, in that Charlotte game was after halftime, we kind of just settled in, hmm. started trusting what we do, not what I do, what we do, and it fueled the comeback along with the energy that was in there that night. It was, it was phenomenal. I've never, ever been in that building, let me think, no, never past midnight. 
and mm. I didn't want to leave. Uh, yeah. The post-game show was still going on. Uh, so that sort of carries over to what just happened on Sunday. But the energy that has been built up in this program, you have people wanting to come watch the basketball team. And it's just been amazing. Can you appreciate that? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I can appreciate it because when Charlie, when Charlie Bradley sends me a text and says, hey, thank, thanks for bringing the energy back to, hmm. to the YC. You know, when I get a text from Radinko this morning and said, hmm. man, you had great defense and ball movement yesterday. Wow. Like, I can appreciate that because that's what we set out to do. We set out to make not only all of Bulls Nation proud, but our forever Bulls, the guys that set the foundation for this program, you know, we want them to be proud of the school that they went to, the program that they helped build, and um, the fact that the guys are representing them in a good light, it means the world to us. I love watching those guys' reaction. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Bradley usually doesn't move until, you know, right. he's overwhelmed with emotion, then he stands up and applauds. He's really cool about right. that. But Coach Pascal was there at that game, right? Man, yeah. How could I forget about Coach Pascal? Coach Pascal has sent me a text either after the game or the next day, just thanking, thanking us for how we play and what we do. And it was, it's just really cool because again, I think as a coach, sometimes you get so caught up in what you're doing. Right. I try my hardest to be where my feet are, but never forget that there were people here who laid a foundation for me to be the head coach here. You know, um, I think about Arthur Jones all the time. Oh, yes. You know, the, the, the sacrifice and foundation he laid for a lot of us. But like Coach Pascal, like, man, he loves this place. And he loves supporting this place. And when he tells me, man, your defense was incredible tonight, I take it to heart. It, it, it reminds me to make sure next practice we're making sure we're staying focused on the things that got us to where we are. Seems like every game there's a turnaround, or in the case of a fast start, that, yeah. that is what actually keys it. But yeah. it, it doesn't connect entirely to how unconscious the team is shooting three-pointers yeah. these days. Uh, not just CY, not just Selton, but that was a, a big factor in the comeback at Rice, obviously, yes. right from the get-go, yeah. and then setting the tone against Tulsa before we get, of course, back to what happened against FAU. Right. So uh, has there been any extra attention paid to it, or is it just those guys' games coming around? You know, we, you know it's not just always on the the players to make adjustments um, you know we as coaches have to look at what we're doing and see where we can be better I think that's the first the first thing we do you know the easy thing to do is to say well he needs to play better <laughs> you know yeah that's the easy thing to do but accountability is a big word in our program it's something that we hang our hats on and if I'm gonna hold them accountable I've got to hold myself accountable first and what we try to do is switch up how we start practice. Okay. You know, so we can get off to better starts in the game. We do more competitive things to start practice. We've done more competitive things to start practice over the last week, week and a half, you know, so we're not having those slow starts and it's paid off. All right, so back to Sunday. And for me, with all the attention that has come deservedly to you in the program and how legitimate the team is and how the guys that we talk about and we know how good they are, that to me, I just wanted so badly for everybody nationally to see it. And they saw it. Yeah. Uh, was there any, I'm guessing no, but there, was there any concern in your mind, like on that other side, like, boy, what if, if CY's shots aren't falling? What? Because everything worked out and it was great to see, again, it on display for everyone in the nation. You know, um, as I say all the time, to God be the glory, um, the praises for him. 
but I, I don't really have that anxiety hmm. um, before games because these guys work hard, man. Yep. Like their preparation is really good. And when, when you, as a coach, when you know your players have put in the time, they put in the, the work, they're going to be successful. It's, it's what the game gives to you. Yeah, they may have some off nights, but that's the beauty of our team. You know, if CY's not on, Selton's pretty good. You know, <laughs> if Kobe's or if Sam or, or Brandon's not playing well, one of the others are. You know, Corey Walker, you know, um, Kaysen Pryor um, came off the bench yesterday, but Corey Walker's energy to start the game was phenomenal. And his play throughout the game, his consistency is, uh, man, I'm so proud of that kid, man. And when they're all hitting at the same time, you get a 25-point lead. Yeah, uh, you so mentioned uh, we don't want to forget about him, Kobe Knox. Oof. You knew he had the talent, but yeah. he is putting everything together. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's why, like, early in the year when people were like, well, like, how long do you stick with him? Oh. You stay with him because he works. You know, uh, they have a, a, a mantra in their family, no one works harder than the Knoxes, right? And that, it is true. Um, I mean, Kobe's in his gym every day. And he had a little bit of a slow start to the season, I think, because he was back home. He's playing in front of family and friends. There's a different pressure True. that comes with that. And now he's settled right on in. He, but, and the, thing, the best thing about it is he's been the consistent defender all year. True. And now he's just making the shots that he's, he's always been capable of making because he's not – that same pressure of playing in front of family and friends is gone now. Okay, so speaking of pressure, uh, as you're up by 25 and FAU is getting six points a trip, or at least one time down the floor, and I'm saying things in my inward and sometimes in my outward voice that you know we can't repeat here on a family program. How do you keep it calm? Was it calm? How did you just manage to say, okay, it's coming, but we're going to be okay? Again, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I was brought up the right way in this business. Hmm. My mentor, Billy Kennedy, I watched him a hundred different times, you know, where we're not playing as well as we could possibly play as a player and on his coaching staff. And man, the dude is just even kill. He's just focused, you know, on what on the process, what, what the next play is. But again, the one thing this team has showed us all year is, man, they got resolve. They have great perseverance. Um, the difference was yesterday, you know, on Sunday, was that normally we're trying to fight back from right. 20 down. Now we were trying to hold on, you know, and push forward. And the same resolve that it takes to, to come back is the same resolve that it takes not to panic when teams make a run. That's the game. They're a good team. They were going to make a run. Very much so. But as we say all the time in our program, it's not what happens, but how we respond that will set the tone and dictate what happens, what the outcome is. And we responded well by not panicking, not splintering, not going into our, like, me, 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 let me do it on my own. They remain the team. All right, so I guess now it's about the response to what's coming up. Yeah. Because you're getting the attention. I'm sure you're feeling it. Uh, speak first on the, the national attention that continues to build up for the Bulls and then how important it is to you know, keep it even keel as much as you can. And by the way, another big game against SMU after UTSA, the Bulls host SMU on Sunday. Yeah, as, as I've said a number of times, um, we, we really don't, like we don't hear or pay attention to like what's going on nationally. If we do, I always give the credit to President Red Law, right? It's the, 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 the credit is for the University of South Florida. 
Um, we've got great athletics all the way around, you know, uh, from men's basketball to Coach Jose Fernandez and this consistent 20 years of success that they've had to, you know, softball got kicked off last week, Coach Ken Erickson and his ladies. Uh, Coach Mole and the boys, you yes. know, they, they, they had their first pitch and I could go on and on and on. And so, like, as I tell the guys all the time, um, you know, you can pay, you know, you live by the cheers, you can die by the booze, stay focused. <laughs> die by the booze. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't feel any And that's booze. not me. That's the great street poet, <laughs> Nipsey Hussle. Yes. <laughs> Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Got to get a reference for that yeah. every chance. Now, uh, we got to ask you one more thing. I talked about it at the very beginning, receipts. What's it been like at Starbucks these days? Uh, Do you, hopefully you get that order like they know what you want, they know you by name, and you don't have to pay for it because you're paying for everybody else. Well, those Starbucks receipts are adding up. But you know what? They're not going to stop. We're going to make sure to get back out there and do it again because this student body, that SoFlo Rodeo, that heard a thunder band, they have been phenomenal in, in their support of this team. Um, as I've said to the guys, when you're walking around campus, where you get enough gear, wear it. Take your headphones off, hold mm. the door for somebody, introduce yourself, invite them to a game. And obviously these guys are doing something right because these students um, have really gotten behind them and supported them. And I just continue to encourage the students to get behind all of our sports. You know, get out, get out the Gone Smart Family Pavilion. You know, catch a catch a softball game, catch a baseball game. It's fun. I can't wait to go get my sunflower seeds and not have to, you know, just sit there and spit them on the ground and have a good have a good day. It's gonna be fun. It's really commendable that you go to all these games. I see you at the I saw you at the softball game the other day, and uh, it's just been a great thing to be a part of. And I'm trying to conjure up a, a, a drink named after you, but that'll be down the road at Starbucks. All right. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you. Go Bulls. Selton Miguel coming up next. Selton Miguel goes left, now stops, crosses over. Now he's trying to turn the corner right. He's going downhill again. The layup is good. You can see it, Joey, around the free throw line. When he's already made up his mind, he's going all the yeah, way. You can see it in his eyes. He is going for the prey. He's like a hunter. Back on bullseye with no one other than man himself, Selton Miguel. Selton. 25 points against number 24 that you're coming off of. You looked so smooth. You looked so confident out there. It was so fun to watch. What was working for you? How were you feeling out there? Uh, it was just really the environment. The environment was crazy. The fans yeah. was crazy. The coaches keep giving us confidence. Just be there, play your game, trust your work, and then that's what I did. Just stay confident throughout the game and trust my work. Talk to me about that environment, having that support of the SoFlo Rodeo behind you, that sold-out crowd. What was that like for you guys? Can you feel it down on the court? Do you use that when you're playing? For uh, for sure, we do use that. Um, it's probably one of our biggest support for sure. Like when they start going crazy, we start going crazy too. So like, yeah. they pushing us just like we push them uh, throughout the game, no matter if we're down or up. So that energy really translates to the game, and then just give us more more time to go and really just focus on, on us more than everybody else. Yeah, well, I know you're you're there to play, but do you ever, did you ever take a minute and kind of soak it all in? Yeah, bit? I do, did I do. You? Most yeah. of the times I do, I do, good. for sure. Good, good, Well, I know I talked to you after the game, and you said, uh, Coach Amir put us on the board, you know, and we can see that camaraderie on the court. Can you guys feel that on the court? Sure, we do. Um, we all always together, no matter what, uh, no matter if we're at home, or away, it's just us as the team, as the people that put the work in almost every day. 
people that be in the living room is just us. Uh, people don't know what we go through on a daily. So that's why it's just us. Not just because we're playing basketball, but it's because we just us as a collective togetherness. I know you've also said, um, you know, when you talk about relationships like that, I want to I wanna touch on your relationship with Coach because you've also said you stayed for a reason, and a big part of that is the trust that you have in Coach Amir. Talk to me about your relationship with uh, him. Definitely, definitely one guy is one of a, one of a kind, man. Mm -hmm. That guy's one of a kind. Um, definitely put my trust in him. He came, open arms. He told me what, what kind of player I was. He knew what kind of player I was. He told me. If you stay, we're going to do big things, we're going to do uh, great things, we're going to change the environment here at USF. So really trust him, really talk to him through the summer, through spring, um, when he was recruiting me still, when he first got a job. And I just feel like he was the right person to lead me and to really develop me as a, not just a basketball player, but as a man too. Yeah. So. Well, what has that transition been like for you? Because you have such a history with USF, and to see you grow the way you have over, you know, under under Coach Amir has been such a treat to watch, honestly. So how has that been for you? Uh, it's been really good. I'm just blessed to be in this position. Uh, I'll praise the men above mm -hmm. to put Coach Amir in my life. Um, not just Coach Amir, but the whole staff, Coach Fletch, Coach O, um, Coach Don, just everybody on the staff, I mean, it's really like, they really family. So like, I feel pretty good coming in every day, just know that even though I don't have a good day, but just know it's family, will make me laugh a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just really a family environment. Well, let's go back to even before USF. Talk, talk me through your background because you have an incredible story. Growing up in three different countries since you were 11, being away from family, going to military school in Portugal, having to learn English, coming to the States. Walk me through all <laughs> of that and how you were able to navigate that so well. Yeah, so first, I'm from Angola, of course. I was born there. I was raised there. I stopped playing basketball there um, when I was eight. Then I moved to Portugal when I was 11. That's when I went to uh, military school. Uh, Portugal and Angola speak the same language, Portuguese. So my dad's family lives in, in Portugal. My mom's from Angola. Uh, that's why we moved there to stay in my dad's family side. Um, when I was there, I, was, I went to military school and I was still playing basketball. So when I, when I was 14, um, that's when um, schools here saw me playing in Portugal. And then really, it's like, you're young, but you got potential. So like, <clears throat> can give a scholarship to come to the States and play uh, high school basketball. So I was like, why not, I mean? Yeah. States is the best place to play basketball, so why not? I have my education, so um, from there I came to the States, came from came to Orlando. It was the first school I came to, uh, West Oaks Academy. Uh, great people there, they took me open arms. Um, and then from there it's really just been, just been a blessing. I mean, from there I went to Kansas State after I graduated. I was there for two years and then I ended up here at USF and here we are now. <laughs> what was the biggest adjustment coming to the States? I'll say, to that new way of life. Just the culture and the language, mm -hmm. it was different because I had to learn English all over again. Uh, it was difficult at first. When I got here, I was in class, I didn't know what's going on. And yeah, then, I can imagine. Yeah, so I had to really catch up fast. But the good thing is I came over the summer, so I still had three months before the school start to really at least know like a little bit of English. So I, I go to school, at least I know what's going on. So it's been really, it's been really, it's been good and it's been bad because my family not here, but at the same time I had opportunity to do something that nobody in my family ever did, so I'm grateful for that. So 
has been pretty good. What are some of the differences you've seen in the basketball culture back home and here in Angola and, and in Portugal? Oh. How does that differ than what you're experiencing? Oh, now? it's really different. It's really yeah. different. Um, both out of the country is different because Angola is, is one environment. It's more like we play in the streets. We It's like it's just happiness. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a lot over there. So whatever we got over there uh, is what makes us happy. Uh, of course, Portugal is different because you're in another continent. Over there, things are more involved and things like that. But in the States, everything's just... I, mean, I think States is about sports, not just basketball, but like football, baseball. So like, I think it's, a, it's just a, a sports environment overall in the States, so it's been pretty good. You can see that happiness when you play. When you started, was it your choice to start? Did your parents encourage you to start? Did everyone kind of play in Angola growing up? Was it just a, a natural thing? Or? Uh, I first started playing soccer. Oh, OK. Yeah, but then I was getting too tall, and my dad was like, <laughs> you want to try anything else? Yeah. Because he, he run track. OK. And my, my dad is 6'6", six, six, but he run track. So ah. like. And then from there, I just tried basketball, and then I fell in love with it, to nice, be honest. And nice. from there, yeah. You think soccer helped you in any way? When it did for my footwork. It, yeah. did, it did help me with my footwork, for sure. I can imagine. Now, I look at comments on social media a lot, okay? And we've done quite a few post-game interviews together. And I go through the comments, and I see so much support from back home in Angola, saying, we're watching you back home, we're supporting you back home. That's so cool for me to see. I can't imagine how cool it is for you to see. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, a, like I said, I'm just blessed to be in this position because I'm probably the first doing it in my, my country. Second, because we got, we got another player in the NBA right now from my country, but I'm probably second doing it. But like, just the support I have every day, not just sometimes, it's really big, through good games, through bad games, through just know them, my history here is really big. Not just for me, but for the whole country. So that support really helps me every day. Every day, it really helps me every day. Strong support back home, strong support here. You've definitely found a home here. Talk to me about your teammates and how you're gelling with them because, you know, this new team, I can imagine, you know, a lot of adjustments, but you guys are gelling like crazy. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, it was definitely a big adjustment when we first came together over the yeah. summer just to make sure like our goals. Uh, it's new. This is a whole new team, new people. We just meeting them and everything. But like we had um, Friday role games. I don't know if Coach Amir told you. It was like different experiences just to see how you go and respond. Yeah. Uh, put us in uh, uncomfortable situations. So to see how as a team we go and respond. So that definitely helped us a lot. Right. That's when you went to the parking garages parking to garages, work out. You yes. went to the baseball stadium baseball, to work yes. out. I think. Yes. That yeah. was super cool. We Did you have a fave? Uh, football field. Football field was, okay. was my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just do throughout this throughout these experiences and then just really like come together and really trying to like be that culture yeah. and trying to like sacrifice for each other. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what really helped us. So just understand why each other brings to the table every day, not just on the court but like off the court. Yeah. And just really understand everybody's history because everybody's different and everybody got a different background, everybody go through different things throughout the day. So just really understand and be there for each other. That's what really helped us. You guys definitely know how to lock in together. I see you pregame locked in. You got your headphones on. You're in the zone. What are you listening to? Because I, I wonder that. <laughs> I listen to Big Mill. 
Okay. To McMill for okay. sure is because he, he, he a rapper, but like he raps about motivational purposes. Mm. So like, that's really my motivation. One day be playing pro somewhere that everybody knows what's mm -hmm. the goal. So really listening to him like really helps me not just relax a little bit, but like really know like it's time to go. So yeah. Do you do anything else pregame? I do. Any I, other rituals? Any superstitions? Yeah, I do. I, do. I, I, I pray a lot. I call my mom, mm -hmm. and then I put my headphones on. Nice. Yeah. What is that time difference? Five hours. Okay. Five so hours. they watch games. They they keep in touch so, with you all the time. Do they? Most of the time, my mom stay up because like yesterday, <laughs> basically my, I think most of my country was watching because it was early game. Yeah, true. But normally when we play at seven, um, it's like one or two in the morning. But my dad and my mom still watching. So like oh, I'm going to get words. home around like. Nine, they gonna call me. Everything okay? Things good? Yeah. yeah that's so they still watching. Yeah. Super special. Well, by this time, they probably know, and viewers probably know, that you are this week's AAC Player of the Week. Oh. You didn't know that yet. I but did. how cool is that for you, right? <laughs> oh, for real? That's yeah. Tough. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I didn't even know. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, this is. Um, I take that as like. Like I said, I think to my teammates, um, they really trust me. They really know what can I what can I bring to the table, and with their help, really show what kind of player I am. So I just really think to my teammate and think to the staff, and really think to my family too. Like they really keep me keep me in order every day, make sure I do the right things on and off the court. So that's why I really um, like I say, it's a family environment in every way. Yeah. We are all so proud of you. You are such a treat to watch. Thank you so much for your time here today. You. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Up next, Derek Sharp is headed to baseball to talk with Coach Billy Mole. Tied now. Eric Snow lines it, hits the first base back. That's a lead for the Bulls right there. Mayo will come home easily. A huge RBI knock. And the Bulls lead it 10 to 9. They've scored seven runs in the last two innings. Just unreal. Baseball head coach Billy Mole and the, this is a little peek behind the curtain, the athletic director suite. Michael Kelly can sit where he wants to in a game and sometimes he has guests in here. You don't get to see this room very often, but pretty swanky. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, nice comfortable area to watch a ball game. Yeah, it is. And of course, you, you get a pretty good view yourself down there on the field where the Bulls uh, this past weekend tried to get in three games. They only got one. We'll get more into uh, the schedule and all that, but your seventh season and some changes with the uh, staff, and I know that you bring back a couple familiar faces before we get into the, the guys on the team. Uh, your decision to bring back Chris Cates and Alan Kunkel, who we love. Yeah, I mean, they were both part of uh, the winning tradition uh, a few years ago, so I uh, want to get back to where we should be, uh, get back to the regionals, get back to a super, and hopefully get this program to Omaha, and both of them were a large part of when we were having success, so it's great to have both of them back. And uh, is the unofficial title that uh, Kunkel is the, what, offensive coordinator and, and Cates is the running game coordinator? Correct, correct. Kunkel will run the offense uh, on a day-to-day -day with the hitters, and then uh, Cates is our, our running game coordinator. So he, he, He's a guy that can run around. Actually, his Louisville team had all these stolen base records uh, when he was there, and of course uh, the Bulls didn't get to see them this weekend. But talking about the schedule, begin, begin with UConn and Indiana State, a couple of regional teams. But it doesn't just stop there. You wanted to load up. Yeah, I mean, we want a competitive schedule. We want a chance to get to the tournament without having to win a conference tournament. And in terms of RPI, we want quality opponents uh, that you have to win series for that position yourself at the end of the year to get in that large bid. 
Now, part of that is, of course, having the, the pitching staff to do it. And uh, you bring back a lot of guys from last season. You, you boost the staff a little bit. Speak about how that part of the Bulls is looking this season. Yeah, I mean, from game one against UConn, it looks like we, we made some improvements. But, again, it's only one game um, with these guys each and every day. So a lot of new faces going to get opportunities this week uh, to see where we're at and give us a, an idea going forward of where we need to improve and, you know, what, what we exactly have. You said working with the guys, uh, you had a pitching coach the last couple of seasons. You know a little bit about pitching. So what take us through like the day-to-day -day and in-game of being the, the quote-unquote pitching coach as well as, of course, being the head coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of back in the role that I had here previous from 2015 to 2021, basically. <laughs> so uh, not much changes. Uh, I'm kind of more hands-off with the offense. I, I trust Kunkel and Cates to to run the offense hmm. and I am solely focused on our on our pitching staff and our bullpen and I will put my input in when when the game needs it. Okay, so your input. I'm, I'm always curious because I've never been a pitcher, believe it or not. Uh, when you go out to speak to your guy, uh, it, sometimes it can be a real quick word, right? But sometimes, what, what's the maximum amount you're allowed to talk to them and kind of what's your idea if you're not going out to pull the guy? Yeah, I mean, they, they give you some time to talk, but I mean, normally when I go out there, I'm trying to calm the guy down, trying to loosen him up, talking about a situation, just trying to, to bring him back into the moment, because obviously something's not going right at that point if I'm out there. So uh, I try to keep it light, try to keep it lighthearted, and uh, try to get him back at the uh, mission, the, the task at hand. I was going to say, A, do you ever tell a joke or try and think of something? And B, does the, does the pitcher ever give something back to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had some good ones. We've, we've had some good back and forth, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, pitchers are special creatures. You got to keep them light on their toes. So, uh, you know, and sometimes some, some of them need a, a good kick in the butt sometimes too. So, um, you know, those are, it's good to be back doing that again. It makes me think of one of those probably special, special creatures, Shane McClanahan. And, you know, here at the stadium, just to our left, uh, something that's beautiful and new. You have a whole wall and everything's been redone here. The painting job, it, it looks great at the stadium. Uh, but a bulls in the pros, Shane. Pete Strezlecki, David Villar, uh, Coco Montez. Uh, it is tremendous. Oh, yeah, Ryan Kirkering. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, but Don't leave off Phoenix Sanders. Yeah, oh, my yep, God. Yeah, be. he's pretty good. Yep. So, first of all, talk about the refurbishing here. I mean, it's not just you know, what people can see, but maybe some things they can't see. Yeah, I mean, the new paint job. Uh, paint makes everything look brand new. <laughs> uh, it's refreshing. Uh, but then we wanted to pay homage to, to the Bulls from the past that have gone on and, and reached their dreams. And we've had quite a few of them in my time here. Uh, so we want to honor those guys by putting their pictures out on the concourse so that everybody remembers who they are and what they meant to this program. It looks incredible, and I know they're still part of the program and stay, still keep in touch. But I think the last time we spoke, it was uh, as you were getting ready to be inducted into the Tulane Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But we, at that time, were talking about the chance for a Kirk, Orion Kirkring, to maybe get a call-up someday. And I think maybe four hours later he did. How cool is it to be a part of that? I know you saw him in person, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I got to go to Philadelphia. I've never been to Philadelphia before, and I got to see him pitch in the uh, NLCS, and that was incredible. Wow. Um, Philly's a di different uh, atmosphere. Uh, that was a really cool sports town, and more importantly, it was really cool to see Kirk Ring and his dad and his whole, you know, all his whole posse there to to celebrate him being in the big leagues and to, to be pitching in that situation was unbelievable. Just we all watched it. Uh, different sports town. Are they really uh, friendly to the other team? 
Uh, no, not at all. Uh, it's a, it is a special place. It is not fun being a visitor in Philadelphia. <laughs> How did it go with uh, Tulane? I know uh, it's been a while now, but uh, did you keep it together during the speech, folks? He was a pretty good pitcher with the Green Wave. Yeah, it was great. It was a good time. I was honored. It was emotional. It was a lot of, a lot of good things in my life happened my seven years in New Orleans. Uh, so it was just kind of time to reflect back and spend it with my family and uh, relive some of the glory days. <laughs> hey, you, you're allowed to do that. As we start to wrap it up here with Billy Mole, uh offense for this team, uh, opener, you had a lineup purely with uh, returners from last year. I, I know you love what you saw from the team last year. What has kind of changed to, to try and, and get to the next level offensively, although it's probably going to be a strong point? Yeah, I mean, opening weekend, you're facing three, you know, regional, super regional type teams. So, you know, the pitching is going to be good. So it's it's hard to get a gauge on one game against UConn. Um, I like where our offense is at. I like that we're veteran. I like that we're older. We didn't really get a chance to get the offense going. You know, anytime, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, you install a new system. Hmm. It's got to marinate a little bit with some time. Um, so we got to do a better job this week. Uh, get guys comfortable. I think guys were a little amped up against UConn, trying to do a little too much. And, you know, the game always knows when you do that. You got to play the game and you got to keep your emotions in check and just go out and play. You're not playing the opponent, you're playing the game. And just for a timing purpose, we're, we're taping this on a Monday morning. There has just been one game played. Uh, but what I saw in it from one guy, and of course, Eric Snow, a tremendous player. Uh, but Bobby Bozer, not just with the home run. I think he got all of that one. Deep to right field and over the scoreboard. He tried to hit himself this image in right field, but he overshot. But with the defense. And drives it up the middle. This could be stopped. It is by Bozer. That's a long throw, and he gets him. And Bobby Bozer showing some serious range. I mean, you got some future pros on this team. Speak about him particularly. I mean, he, Bobby Bombs, Bobby Bozer, he's Bobby ball player to me. I nice. mean, he's a great, he's he's a great player. He brings 100% effort every single day he's out there. Uh, he's a perfect representation of what this program is in terms of blue collar. Hmm. Um, it is great watching him go out. Uh, he's going to have his good days. He's going to have his bad days, but he's going to. You can guarantee from Bobby Bozer that you're getting his best effort every day. And we saw a lot of defense. I mentioned Mr. Snow. Uh, can that be a strong point of this team? You know, the, I mean, up the middle we're really strong. It's exciting to see those guys. It gives you comfort in the pitching staff to know that you keep the double plays in order. You're athletic up the middle. Got a little bit more range, so I mean, it's two two special guys right there up the middle. And a couple more things. Uh, I want you to get your thoughts on the new teams in the conference. Uh, we're a ways away from the conference schedule, obviously, uh, but you mentioned scheduling strong out of league, and people might think, oh, because their conference is okay. No, it's a it's a good league. Oh, it's a really good league. You got you got FAU that we've added yeah. to the league that's been good every year. They just went up to Vanderbilt and gave them everything they could handle this past weekend. Uh, you got UTSA, who was a Tops Conference USA last year. Uh, Charlotte, uh, Coach Woodard over there has got them rolling. They've, they've been in the region, I think, the last two years. Uh, UAB with Casey Dunn. Uh, Casey's in his third year at UAB, came from Samford, where he had all the success in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rice, which is a perennial, my, that's a name in college baseball everybody knows. Um, so it's only a matter of time before they get it going again. But I mean, it's really, it's a really good baseball league. So no matter the opponent, fans can come out and watch a good brand of baseball on both sides. It was a big crowd on Friday night to get things going. How much does it mean to the guys when the crowd's juiced up like that and, and large in number? Oh, especially opening day. I mean, they saw all that. You know, we've been playing with uh, people dressed up as green seats for the last seven months. <laughs> and uh, to have that stadium full and loud, 
Uh, I think they're a little too amped up. I, I know our guys appreciate it. They, yeah. they get fired up for it. Uh, now we got to learn how to play with that crowd. So we got to calm it down and go to work. As we wrap up, uh, speaking of amped up and big crowds, you got to watch the first half of the basketball game on Sunday. What was that like from a baseball guy? I'm sure you appreciated it. There's been a few moments since I've been here for 10 years, and one was Drew Brutcher's home run in the Super Regional where oh, yeah. you got goosebumps down. But yesterday when I walked into the Yingling Center for the you know first time and I saw that, I walked in and the whole student section was full. That was incredible. That gave me chills. And uh, watching what they're doing right now is a lot of fun, a lot of, man, a lot of energy in that building right now. Well, let's keep the energy with that and keep the energy with uh, Bulls. Thank you very much, Billy Mull, for joining us today on Bullseye. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. That was awesome talking to Billy Mull. And, of course, before that, Amir Abdul-Rahim and Selton Miguel. Baseball uh, was supposed to play, as we said, uh, just the whole weekend filled. Rain had other ideas. They're back at it this weekend. I know you're basketball focused mostly these days, yeah. but you, you get to hang around with the guys a little bit. Yeah. See him walking around in, yeah. the, in your daily environment. Totally. I ran into Jack Siebert the other day in the hall, and I was like, how you feeling, Jack? And he kind of puffed up a little bit and said, like, I'm feeling good. I'm putting on a lot of weight in the offseason. In case like, you had noticed. <laughs> Jack Siebert. We can't wait to get out there. I'm like, let's go, Jack. <laughs> we will be doing a, a baseball-centric show along with softball uh, once basketball season is over, and I'm sure we'll interview Jack Siebert. And I actually was talking to him for my show on the radio side. Free plug, by the way, Bulls Unlimited on your TuneIn app. I do a show three times a week called, called Bulls Beat, and we interviewed a lot of the players. And I was halfway through talking to him, like, all right, I'm not going to ask him, hey, man, he been working out, but he has been. He has <laughs> yeah. been. So uh, yeah, hopefully you can tell. the Bulls, he, whatever, 15, 20 pounds. Hey, Jack, good job. <laughs> good <laughs> the job, guys Jack. will be back at home <laughs> this weekend. We do want to mention for sure, and again, if you want to listen to it on the radio side, great. I will be calling it on Thursday but maybe come to the softball stadium because there are, they've already played a lot of great teams so far. But on the same day, Thursday, a doubleheader for softball against two teams that made the College World Series last year. Huge. Washington and Oklahoma State are both in the top ten back-to-back. -back. I know we had Ken Erickson on the last show, but if you missed it, we, we sort of uh, harped on that whole thing. And they're looking great. And by the way, definitely want to mention how the team persevered despite a very tough week last week, losing their loved one, Alexis Buckman. Uh, who passed away after having brain cancer, but she's going to inspire the team. They're going to stay buck strong throughout the course of the year. They are off to a 7-3 and three start and, again, are back at home for two top 10 teams this week. Hey, nice job uh, diving into the SoFlo Rodeo. They bring the juice. They bring the energy. Now, were they were they trying to overbring the energy at the end? I know there was tight <laughs> security to prevent the court storm. Because you can't... I know, maybe people wanted to storm the court, but when there's 10,000 people, you kind of have to watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they wanted to. A couple on the other side of the court got on a bit, but in front of the SoFlo Rodeo, they lined it with cops. So, <laughs> but, a, bit, a bit heightened security. But smartly, they did not prevent our players from coming in and mingling. Yes. How awesome is that to see? I love that. Our players, Coach Amir, you know, Coach Amir goes over to the band first and jams out with them, which I love every, every win. And then he goes into the SoFlo Rodeo with them, and they take their selfies and their videos and our players to you know vibe with them and that's cool to have that sense of community and that relationship with the student uh, student athletes and the fans and it's good that he can do that after a win as he said you know he can't allow himself to really soak it in while the game's yeah, going on he's got yeah. coaching to do I wanted to ask though <laughs> but you get to soak it in and I get to soak it in 100%. and uh, I'm sure that unlike 
you know, he's looking at the game, that you get to look at it and really appreciate what's going on these so days. So many moments. I just took a took a breather to myself and, and looked around, took it all in, and to see that sea of green, you know, up up the student section was was very, very special to see. And, and they got their chance going, they they had the glow sticks going, everything was synchronized and they, they know how to do it. They they really do. Well, the upper level was filled, and it yeah. does remind me, as a guy who was a kid in the 80s watching Charlie Bradley, and my dad took me to the games in the Sundown, and we sat in the upper deck because you know, they were playing Georgetown in those days, and I have those memories. It's awesome that a lot of people, I think, are getting those same memories, and not too late for you to be a part of it because this Sunday is another opportunity. Now, we didn't get into the whole computer rankings and that kind of thing. I needed to talk to the computer guy. Uh, Bulls are in the 90s, the team they're playing this week. I looked at the schedules, very similar. SMU is ranked in the 30s, but hey, that's who the Bulls play on Sunday, and if they win, they're going to keep moving up and uh, keep this win streak going. Hopefully, that game is nationally televised on ESPN2, another national audience for the men's basketball team show up this Sunday at noon. Women's basketball is on the road this week for two games, and then after that, one more game at home, and they'll be off to Fort Worth before you know it. Yeah, the conference tournament time is coming up. Are you going to be able to keep it under control, Kaylee? I'm starting to get emotional just thinking about Man, it. Man, yeah, it's the anticipation is so real. I, you know, just lo lo just loving taking, you know, these these teams taking us through game by game and yeah. trying to trying to take it game by game, but like that anticipation is so real. Well, it's just <laughs> awesome to be a part of, and we appreciate you uh, kind of going through the journey with us on Bulls. Uh, we love presenting love it. it to you. For all of our guests, at Coach Amir Abdul-Rahim, Selt Miguel, and Billy Mole, and for Kaylee Cattrall, mm -hmm. my co-host, I'm Derek Sharp. Keep those horns up.